You you could have hit stop and hit it again. I, we we got nothing almost, the time. Bro. No, because I I have our I preset. No, no, no. I I refuse. <laughs> I preset the music in this time. Like I'm fucking organized. How was I supposed to, to know that? You don't. And uh, <laughs> hey, listeners, that music you just heard. Oh, sh- fuck off <laughs> with this opening. <laughs> is the song "Struggler" by Bomb the Music Industry off the EP? Adults, smart, shit hammered, and excited by nothing. Another uh, Jeff Rose. Uh, I was gonna do it fucking again. This was a mistake. Another Jeff Rosenstock joint. Uh, less than a comment attribution on commercial share like 3.0 United States license. It would be very funny to take the clip of you saying that and speed it up by about 400%. <laughs> I might do that in the edit. I'm not gonna. Okay. Corey. Mm hmm. Happy Jeff Rosenstock. Sorry, I two. took a sip of water. Like the second you said that, like the glass was up to my mouth. So I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, well, happy Jeff Rovenstock, everybody. Um, what did you get in your Jeff Rovenstock calendar today? Uh, I got a copy of Mortal Kombat, a novel by Jeff Roven. I got, I don't have anything good. It's giving you more copies? It's procreating. I got like a tiny chocolate. Well, that's pretty sick. Before we keep going, can I blow my nose? Yeah. Right okay. into the microphone. Well, I'm not going to do that. I don't know why it happens uh, when we do. They made another one at Mitch's house too, but like we'll get partway through the recording process, and I'm just like, I gotta blow my nose. Yeah, it happens. Getting all gunked up, <laughs> getting all gooped. <laughs> well, you're over there watching Excessive Force Two, Force on Force, and Alligator Two: The Mutation. I have so many opinions on that episode, man. Wait, so why? many times I was gonna message things. Like to what? You, and I just didn't. And we the need thing to I address this now, just so I know, because I'm too impatient. It doesn't need to the, stay in, but you need to give me like 30 seconds of this at least. When you're like listing uh, credits of the other people, maybe the I forget who, and you're it listing off like from Dust Till Dawn to Texas Blood Money. I'm like, seen it. The Crow Salvation. I'm like, fucking seen it. Uh, that's the third movie. Not that bad. The t- the part where you were like Poison Ivy two, the new seduction. Wait, I was so it? mad I did that. How? I was so I was How so mad I got that, that wrong. I have no idea. Jesus Christ, dude! I was like pissed off at the time that I was getting it wrong <laughs> in real time. I was like, I was like you got it though. Me of all people, you did get it. Well, and then I fucked up Ramoth's name in the next episode. And you fucked up Ramoth. That's the Birdman, right? From the yeah. of the Realm. Ratham yeah. is close enough. Voiced by the police chief from alligator to the mutation that also played tom robinson and fucking to kill a mockingbird jesus what a, what a filmography <laughs> the big three you're talking about the blacks like black scorpion 2 that's this weird like roger corman produced maybe directed like like superhero show 
this cop woman who turns into a superhero named Black Scorpion. So she's just in like a one, like a leather one piece and a like a bondage mask. And right. she goes around and beats the shit out of people. It was turned into a TV series that I have tried to watch, but some shit is bad enough that even I can't watch it. There, I said it. That's the bar. Hey, Corey. Hey, hey, have me on for like uh, some have well me on for all timed these movies. Well-timed, planned uh, coverages of some of these sequels you mentioned that could tie into our new show, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't know. We'll see." You don't, you don't want me on. They made another one, and I'm That's calling not it out correct. here on our show. <laughs> what I said was, we could see about scheduling it, because like yeah, I, the, my only thing being like, if we have something planned already, and then we realize that we're also doing it, that would be a problem. What do you mean? I'm saying do those on your show. Yes, but what I have. And me beyond them. Oh, well, what you what you made it sound like was we would do them and then we would also no. do them on They Made Another One, to which I said, no. if we already have no. something else scheduled no, 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 on no, They no, Made no, Another no. One, that would be a problem. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying we could plan it so we could do some, like, cross-over oh, well, sure. things, not do not watch. You made it sound like do it twice. Genuinely, you made it no. sound like do it twice. I, I'm pretty sure I said we do the first ones and then the, and then go over there and do the sequels. Well, maybe I'm stupid then. Maybe. The fuck do I know? It's like Jesus, he doesn't want me on his other podcast. Mm. It has been a while. It's been a long time. I haven't been on since Mitch joined. I mean, you've been the busiest person on earth, so. Yeah. We were barely doing this show. <laughs> I will make time to talk about direct to video dimension sequels though. That's like my bread and butter. You know what else is your bread and butter? Uh, the Mortal Kombat novelization by Jeff Rubin so we can get started. Mortal Kombat, an original novel by uh, novelist, tabloid journalist, <laughs> and alleged Clinton media fixer Jeff Rovin. Part two for us. Part two of the book. Half of part two of the book as well. Finally, man, we're getting into modern times here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we are that's true god damn it all right so our, our part one of this if you haven't heard it because who knows right was all the story of the great kung lao uh and shang sung setting up a, a poorly planned mortal Kombat tournament in an attempt to collect souls to open a portal for outworld to come through at a pace of one soul a year but he got zero souls in all of those years because kung lao kept beating the shit out of him sort of playing the long game until he brings in Goro, who then murders the great Kung Lao. But here's the thing, man. They make it very clear at the end of part one that uh, modern-day Kung Lao was born to, what, his brother or something? Original yeah. Kung Lao's brother? And, and has lived an astonishingly long time, if that timeline is to be believed. <laughs> and has lived in astonishing... Maybe there's a series of them. I don't know. I think there might be more than one. Like, there might be, like, a Kung Lao every generation or something. Right. Which, um, a great way to bring back Mortal Kombat Conquest, by the way. Just steal that idea. This is your grandma's Kung Lao. <laughs> but, like, we find out something in this section that there's this map that was just magically drawn by this infant child that leads to the medallion that the great Kung Lao hid, right? That's an important detail. That's all, all that happens in this section of the book is some people going to try to find that medallion by following this map. I don't think I don't think he got Kung Lao's soul, man. I think you're, you're doing like, conspiracy theories about the book that we're partway through reading. It's right up Jeff uh, Rovin's alley. To to how how close were you to say Jeff Rovin's not there? 
so fucking close. <laughs> I could feel it. <laughs> yes, I am leaning into Jeff Rovin's body of work here. Think about it. If Kung Lao, great Kung Lao dies, a child is born, they name it Kung Lao, they get this like, man, the sudden inspiration at that exact moment the child is born. He's like, I got to name this child Kung Lao. This child draws a map that leads to this medallion. That's the same fucking soul reborn in this other body. He didn't get any souls in that part one at all for his fucking portal. Right. So what does Shang Tsung do this time? Change the schedule of Mortal Kombat from once a year to once a generation so that he can collect even less souls over even more time. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. But we do learn part of why he's he's kind of doing it on purpose. Right. He's got his... He's yeah, like, he I want to buy some time. I want to be like Shang Tsung, or, uh, Shao Kahn's going to take over the world. But like, if he doesn't do it right away, I can set up all my shit. So I'm like that dude, and I don't have to just be like some random lackey. I can be the guy. Yeah. Bad plan, though, to drag this out. Like, that's not going to earn you favor with Shao Kahn either, right? I, I don't know. It's just, it just immediately, I was like, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> this is so Yeah, stupid. it's not, well, it's, it ain't smart. Let's dive into this a little closer now that I got my conspiracy theory shit out of the way. We pick up immediately with Kano and the Black Dragon who have this map and are searching for Mount Ifukube and uh, the city. Okay, here's the thing. Also, the thank, thank you so much for just doing this part. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you don't much remember? No, I mean, I read it on? yesterday. Like, I could do it, but as you learned, I read this chapter that you're about to describe, yeah. and then I did not read the book for three entire days. <laughs> <laughs> So they're searching Kano and his black dragon goons, uh, none of whose names matter. There's like a Moriarty. There's like a... Uh, Schneids. Even, a, yeah, there's a, a woman named Gil, Gilly. We'll circle back to her. There is... Uh, oh, what's his name? It's like right in the tip Cri of my tongue. Crimmins, Shamoboa, uh, Pete and Jesse. These, these oh, are yeah. all the people. <laughs> Fucking Pete and Jesse, <laughs> <laughs> from the movie novel fucking hell yeah dude that's my guys Sinmin Joni is one of them yeah we got Jim Wu as well Jim Wu Christ and, and in, the in the words of Schneider if Charlton Heston <laughs> or Victor Mature didn't say it I don't know it <laughs> so true they're uh yeah, yeah dude's really into film right <laughs> Five stars, leave a review. They made another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they're in the Tianjin district of China in, quote, the present. They're looking for the town of Chujing, which is so close to Chujian that I wish that they had used that name in Mortal Kombat Conquest just for some continuity. Right? right. If, we're making up, if we're making up names, right, let's be consistent. Anyway, they're uh, walking through the jungle trying to murder each other because they're black dragon people, right? And they finally come across this village, this very same village, Chujung, pardon me. It's Chujung. There might have been a typo on that one as well in the book. Uh, and they are greeted by uh, Barefoot Kung Lao, uh, a priest with the White Lotus Society who uh, sort of runs this village, right? 
immediately Kano starts to Kano. I do think it's important to note that even though this Kano is uh, accurate to the Mortal Kombat 1 manual and is half Japanese-American, I still read him with an Australian voice in my head. Yeah, that's, I think, a reasonable kind of thing to do. Deported from Japan, wanted criminal in 35 countries. This is from the Mortal Kombat 1 Sega Genesis manual. I believe they say he's wanted in 35 countries in the book as well. So what do they do? They take like a a, a boy hostage, like a young shepherder <laughs> named... <laughs> what? I heard that as saying, well, they take a boy hostage, like instead they... of a girl hostage. But like as though the, <laughs> the term is they took a boy hostage. They took a boy instead hostage. of a hostage, that's a boy. Like they took a boy hostage. <laughs> yes. Uh, named, fuck, Chen Chen, I believe. Yeah, it doesn't look. I'm. I don't know why I'm spending why are time you, on these why, names. I, it I doesn't like, fucking Do you hate matter. this book? You like you're really glossing. You're glossing over this like an episode of Defenders of the Realm that I hated. <laughs> I I I didn't have a great. I, okay, I didn't have a great time with this part. Right. Okay. I liked the, the weird shit hasn't happened yet. I want. I'm maybe just. I disagree. To get to the weird actually, shit. that's a crazy right. thing for you to just sort of say that the crazy okay. stuff has not happened yet. All right, fill fill in some fill in some details. Hold on. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I had to clear my throat. Second of all, uh-huh. um, why don't you go blow your nose again? Hateful. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I get like. Do, do you just know that other stuff is coming in the book? No, just from from this section of the book. I do from these oh. 90, 90 some odd pages. Oh, yes. I thought you meant like this whole portion of the book that we just read had nothing. No. In it. no. This this Kano this Kano Black Dragon the opening is boring as fuck. Heading to the village shit just kind of sucks. Sucks yeah. ass, absolutely sucks ass. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's boring. I, I, it's not interestingly characterized. Uh, it's weirdly aimless, despite the fact they have one singular specific goal. Right. Um. Yeah, it's agony, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, you're. I know that you like you have a long documented um hatership uh, of Kano. I was gonna say distaste, but hater. Yeah, hatership is probably more accurate. Chugging haterade. I don't have that same. I mean, I'm, I don't love the character. I the Kano that I like is from the '95 movie, right? And I think that there were some interesting things in the Raiden and Kano Malibu comics, but nothing I remember. So it must not have been that interesting. Right. But like this was this for me, I was just like, this is there's just fucking nothing here. Kano should be an interesting character because he has a fucking laser eye. Kano right? in this, first of all, doesn't really laser eye so far. No. And also is the most just an annoying asshole. He's so yeah. He's, he's just, just sort of a dick. He's got some fun lines, none of which I'm gonna recite here because I don't remember them, but he's got a couple like witty quips that don't verge into the territory of like the new mortal Kombat movie where it's just gross for gross's sake right right he's got some clever turns of phrase but he doesn't he just feels so fucking generic in this and like do again dude has a laser eye I, at this point i don't think he did they're just calling it an infrared this or that right but I don't know. I, the most interesting thing about him is he's lying to all of these Black Dragon people who are with him on this mission, none of whom he wanted on the mission, but they're the only ones he could get. And he's being paid, what, $4 million or $5 million by Shang Tsung to find this amulet. 
but he's not telling them that and he's going to pay them each like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand and he's going to take the other four million you know so yeah he's just generic crime mercenary black dragon piece of shit nothing he's just a guy just a guy with an eye and so they're sort of trucking along and then i'm trying to think in what order these things happened because Liu Kang shows up in the Whoa. book. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't mean like there. Not at the not at the jungle. Right? No, he, he's in the book now. Because what if we read two different, like there's two editions? <laughs> yeah, well, because he shows up and also... Uh, and Scor- you, you read the Roven cut. Scorpion shows up, like, you know, stuff happens. It's all in black and white. But um, I don't remember exactly what order they happened in despite reading it literally yeah. yesterday. We, we do check in with Liu Kang at some point. He doesn't really do a lot in this, right, until the end of this section. But, like, we do check in with him. We learn that he's uh, a member of uh, the, not the White Lotus Society. Yeah, the White Lotus. I mean, what, is that what they call it? Yeah, still? it's White Lotus Society. It's just yeah. it's just being made as heavily distinct right. from the Order of Light. Yes, that's my confusion there. So Kung Lao, modern Kung Lao, is part of the Order of Light. Uh, Liu Kang is part of the White Lotus Society literally like a fucking superhero in this right like he they talk all about how he left the temple to go out and like literally just fight crime as part of the white lotus society so he's a cop right it's it's real defenders of the realm territory right where he's part of this elite mission team and he's got uh, an inside person uh, in Kano's black dragon team that will reveal shortly. But the big thing I want to focus in on here is that he keeps having dreams of like the apocalypse. Yeah. They happen every single night. He watches like the whole world collapse and like cities flood and all this kind of shit. Like, <laughs> what? just like bullying <laughs> Luke. Kang. Like, he's like relaying this dude. He's like, Oh, you're having bad dreams, buddy. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> you know, you know who else had uh, premonitions of outworld conquering Jeff uh, Rovin city. Well, sure, yeah. <laughs> Boy, he had some he had some dark premonitions of the 2016 election that he had to get out in front of. Sorry. Kung Lao, great Kung Lao from Conquest. Yeah, he'd also have premonitions, right? Remember episode one, he had that premonition where he saw all the, all the Order of Light monks dead and the sky is purple like an outworld invasion and all the premonitions he had of dying by Goro's hand. Uh, it's fun. Fun, fun connection there. 95 movie, right? Liu Kang has a dream at the beginning where he sees his brother die. Uh, this is a thing, right? Liu Kang and Kung Lao, this lineage has premonitions. These chosen warriors have premonitions of the world ending. It's true. Also, also his man his his man on the inside is Gilly, a.k.a. Sonya Blade. <laughs> Sonya Blade's in this too, guys. Yeah, the really clunky, like, so, and I know that we, we haven't really properly done, like, the here's the plot of this section of the book. Now we're going to discuss it. But um, this is perhaps the clunkiest method by which to include all of these characters here. Yeah. So we're introduced to uh, the one woman in the book that is seemingly not helpless. And then it is revealed later that it is Sonya because... Liu Kang, as a White Lotus Society member, they're like working in close collaboration with U.S. Special Forces. Yes, this is what I'm saying. This is real Defenders of the Realm territory right now. But like, that's bad. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. 
that's yes, not I good. wasn't saying that as a I wasn't saying that as like dude. I, I want to make it clear that like this is very uh defenders of the realm coded. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not um I don't know. I don't know. So so this this establishes so at some point in here someone is going to get revealed to be Sonya's partner and Kano's going to kill them and that's how they're going to get that rivalry in there that's in the first game right where Kano killed Sonya's partner right um which which we which we've seen a thousand times in other mediums right I don't know who that is who it's going to be Moriarty maybe I don't I care don't I don't even care to speculate Right. It's <laughs> but but we don't have this pre existing Sonia hunting Kano this wanted man thing for revenge that hasn't happened yet. That's fine, I guess. But we also know that that's what the story turns into, so it's just like telegraphed hardcore this many years after the book has been written. And I don't know, man. I don't care. And and, and even once she's introduced, she still doesn't get to do anything cool. Well, right? that's what's baffling, right? Is like she is established as being a character we're familiar with and therefore we know things about her like can kill and murder and is a special agent and all kinds of incredible feats of strength or whatever and right. uh she is incognito and like mostly just sort of walking around yes she stops kano from killing somebody at one point but that's it and that's what makes me think whoever that was if it was moriarty or somebody else that makes me think maybe that's also her partner maybe he's also like infiltrated the black dragon but also right? the entire group of people can't also be usurpers <laughs> right like it can't be kano if, and nothing but people that broke in what if that's the twist what if it is <laughs> that'd be dumb i think okay so basic plot just how uh, i feel about it basic plot dump i'm just gonna a, go, i'm just a guy sure i'm just reading what? a book look we're the experts we don't got to right. be serious about it <laughs> <laughs> the basic plot of this is uh Shang Tsung hires Kano, the Black Dragon, and all these people to find this uh, medallion. Of course, the one given power by the gods that Kung Lao did not take with him to Mortal Kombat in part one, uh, which led to him dying. Which led to him right. getting like the most gnarly imaginable. His heart rip- His heart was ripped out and given His body to was like ripped Shang in half. <laughs> they th- or sh- given to Shao Kahn through the portal, right? They, th- they threw him in a river. No, that was the other guy. But That was the other guy. Yeah, yeah we'll the get there. Guy. That was my foreshadowing. Yeah, nice, smart. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who whose voice did I just say that in? Who is that? Is that uh, like late old Al Pacino? It was. It was kind of um. Oh, um, what's his face? Owen Wilson. Sort of. Wow. O- Owen Wilson, Al Pacino, but like Al Pacino in Heat. When he's it was maybe Luke, it was Luke Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson's like wow, like it's more like wow. that. Sure. Owen Wilson saying it sort of sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's pocket monsters. So they go to this village. They hold a sheep herder named something or other to uh, it's Chin. force Kung Lao. Chin 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 or yeah, something. That's the, yeah. Yeah. To. I don't want to say it because it sounds... It's Oh, it's a bad... It's a questionable racist. name to give if you're Jeff Rovin. <laughs> That's what's going to be clear. Yeah. Like There might be real people with that name, and that would obviously be right. fine. But if you're Jeff Rovin, you can't be naming your Chinese characters Chin Chin. You also... Uh, <laughs> they, they also... 
he also references Jet Li somewhere in this chat in this section. He right? does do that. And we had the city of uh, Jackie Chan last time. Yeah, he can't help himself. He can't help it. There is a third one. We'll get there. Oh, I'll get. Uh, we'll we'll get there. I mean, um, I'm boy. I'm stuck in rush hour here. But but for a guy who's like. I studied uh, Chinese blade. mythology in reference to this book. <laughs> that's what the intro was so Hardcore. stupid because he's like, all everything you read here that's not like Scorpion is real mythology, <laughs> which is yes. why I There's live a city in called <laughs> Jackie Chan. I live and, in uh, Samo Hung Town. <laughs> um, Just dumber than shit, dude. It sucks. Yeah. So and uh so Kung Lao who's like kind of in charge of this village and like a cool like monk dude who is um the uh, Woohoo yeah they had renamed it is that correct yeah I think so it had like seven different names he's like it used to be called this now we're phoning it now it's called Woohoo I I have the page dog-eared here I can find it <laughs> if you want when Mao was alive we were Zendugu before he came to power our village was known as Tekamaki uh Tekamaki. It's hyphenated, so I don't know where I'm supposed to break, uh, you know, two lines there. And then uh, Chu Jung, right? That was the name the village had when it was first founded back in AD 300. So that's how Kano knows that following this ancient map has him on the right track. And he's like, take us up into Mount Ifukube. They try to lie and be like, oh, we don't know which one is Mount Ifukube now. And he's like, well, you better fucking find out or I'm going to turn everyone into this town into Swiss cheese. And he's like, okay, let me go consult the scrolls. And he finds it. And they're like, all right, let's go. And he agrees. Kung Lao agrees, right? Because he wants to get them out of the village. But they leave a few people behind with guns. They all have guns. Pointed at a child. And and that child, like, with a collar around his neck tied to a collar around one of the black dragon guys, too. Right? Which is, which I feel oh, like yeah. he only did for when the lightning bolt hits later. Right? For that visual. Anyway, they go into the woods or into the jungle to hike to this mountain and the for it's probably a forest, right? They go into the forest to hike to this uh mountain and uh uh Raiden shows up and is like you can't go any further. And then not and then not to be outdone, <laughs> Shang Tsung and Goro show up and go, Ah, I see you've interfered in our plans. Yes. For arcane reasons that mean nothing to anybody. Now we we can fight each other. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, for some reason, Raiden getting involved is, like, like, impetus enough for them to, like, leverage Shao Kahn demon powers to, like, teleport Goro and Shang to where this is occurring to yes. stop Raiden? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> he just had to get a fight in here, right? Gets a little messy. That's all I'm saying. It does. Uh, Goro, yeah, so we also have found out that Goro is the guy who... um approach Kano about this job and he just kind of like showed up in town or wherever in a giant trench coat and I was picturing Raphael from the Ninja Turtles or Ben Grimm aka the thing wearing a trench coat and it was just a very funny visual and it kind of reminded me of the Goro Prince of Pain series where he gets like transported into a city or whatever it's fun I don't know I, I like Goro stuff I also like that Goro is constantly just eating like endangered species reptiles <laughs> He eats like horny toads and iguanas and shit in this, which I don't know if iguanas are in danger, but you know what I mean. He's eating reptiles right. and it's fun. It's a fun nod to, uh, well, not a nod to, but I like, it reminded me of the scene when uh, Shang Tsung in the cobalt mines was just snacking on a bowl of lizards in the, you remember? Yeah. 
Also, maybe a veiled reference to the character Reptile. Why not? Right. But let's get uh, uh, on to some of the other things we discover in this book. We did learn that uh, Kano was the second choice for this mission. And the person that uh, Shang Tsung really wanted to hire was the Lin Kuei assassin known as Sub-Zero. Right. But he couldn't because Sub-Zero had gone into hiding because he murdered a man named uh, Young Park, who was a toll booth taker, right? Like for on a bridge. Uh, and then threw him into the sacred river and angered the god, right? Which god did he anger? Do you know? You. The god you? Yeah, why you? No, no, no. Do you know? What, who, I don't understand the question. Who's on this first? Is not, I'm not All doing right. a who's on first thing, but like, I thought you were asking me what is the name of the god, and then I said it. I was, and then I was trying to do a who's on first thing. And I oh, I wasn't, so I was a little lost. No, you're good. We're it's over. It just it's gonna get it cleaned up in editing. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So uh, we learn who Sub Zero is, but when somehow Shang Tsung learns that like Liu Kang is on the trail of Kano, and he's like, "Well, let's hire this guy now anyway," and sends one of his carrier pigeons to the cave where Sub Zero is hanging out. <sighs> I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't get Not a lot of what's happening is set up particularly well. The man you want to hire for this medallion hunt is unavailable. So we're going to hire this other guy. But now this other guy is being tracked by someone else. So we are going to hire the guy we wanted for the job in the first place to also follow. And it's just like a shit, like a really confusing, stupid way to, bring all of these characters together on Mount Ifukube, right? Yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't track. But the thing that I really want to talk about is um, Sub-Zero's attire. Now, he is a Lin Kuei assassin. They they got that right in this, right? But I'm going to describe his costume. He pulled on the black tights and cowl that would keep him warm and enable him to move in shadow. He donned the silver mask that covered his face and throat and protected them from harm. He put on the white belt and billowing vest that enabled him to glide if necessary for short distances. He donned shoes that had pockets of air which, when inflated, temporarily enabled him to walk on water. And he strapped on armor that covered his forearms and the backs of his hands. Silver plates that allowed him to reach deep into his dead soul and generate waves of cold that temporarily froze his opponents. It goes on, but this does not fucking sound like Sub Zero at all. He's he. No, this is just sort of a guy who has impressive ninja skills, mm-hmm. and uh, also doesn't wear the color blue even. Not even a little bit. And why is he putting on black tights to like be stealthy, and then like silver armor and a white belt and a giant like glider coat over it? Like, I it not just the, the color clashing alone is giving me a headache. This, I mean, this looks nothing like Sub-Zero at all. It doesn't look or sound or operate really like Sub-Zero, which I think is a helpful dovetail to uh, Young Park essentially being, like, gesturing toward being Scorpion. Right. Yeah. It's closer. It's a lot um, closer, but it's also fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Young Park now. Young Park was uh, formerly a Lin Kuei ninja, right? Who left the clan 
Uh, to pursue a life of not having to murder people all the time and like wanted to have a wife and kids, you know? Yeah. Which you've seen Essentially, have you seen um, the Mortal Kombat web series? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get it. <laughs> What's his name? I don't know how this is so fucking complicated. Oh, my God. Tantra Rowan. Park. Tancherowen. <laughs> Kevin Tancherowen. I do think he pulled a lot of stuff from the Malibu comics, and I think he definitely pulled this from that. Now, like, like there is, I there is old lore. I can't pinpoint the location. Um, the boys at mkpodquest.com, if you can, uh, that that once upon a time, Scorpion was a ninja who stole the secrets from the Shirai Ryu and was killed by them. And the reason his costume is yellow is because it's a cow. He, he's He's dressed the same as the she- as the Lin Kuei, but in yellow to call them cowards, basically. Yellow bellies. <laughs> exactly. That's old. That's old lore. Obviously, that story's evolved since 1994 or 1995, right? But yeah, that's essentially what's going on here. He left the Lin Kuei. He he. It's been 20 years. He's got a wife. He's got a child, and this man Sub Zero shows up and impales him with a sword and throws him into the river. He does and way more dead. than impale him with a sword. He like cuts they like him. basically cut him completely in half, and they also rip his intestines out, right. and then they make his family watch, and then they take that like rotting pile of whatever, and then chuck that in the canal, and he ironically dies by drowning. Yes, and then his son uh, Choi is the only one who fishes the body out of the river because uh, everyone else is too scared to cross the Lin Kuei, right? Like they 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 paint this picture that after this like tragic thing has happened, the whole town has now turned their back on young park's family which is insane. right cause they were because they were scared i do want to say just f- for my own um ease of mind i i looked at the last name park and i think i made the claim last episode that he was korean that was just me making an assumption to be very very clear I, they don't say that in the book uh and with the first name of his son uh choi which is a traditional chinese name i do believe that he's a chinese character and I'm bringing that up now because there was not, one... Not that we think Jeff Rovin gives a fuck. <laughs> there was... No. But here's why I'm saying it. There was one moment in this book where they're talking about uh, Young Park, and there's a typo, allegedly a typo, and they call him Young Hark. Okay? Yeah. With a son named Choi. T-S-U-I. Okay? Yeah. Are you familiar with the movie, Corey, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Dennis Rodman called Double Team. I'm going to do you one better. Yeah. Um, I don't want to walk over to <laughs> my bookshelf to get this, so let me just Google something briefly. Sure. I have read a book called okay. Hong Kong Connections, Transnational yes. Imagination and Action Cinema. Yes, you talked about this I'm on our... I'm deeply familiar with this man. <laughs> you, you talked about this on our um, the same book on our uh, Dead or Alive episode. Yeah, so like, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know for sure what they I, could have been going for. So this could have been uh, Young Hark and his son Choi Hark, a.k.a. director of Once Upon a Time in China, uh, Double Team, Twin Dragons, Vampires, etc., 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 etc. etc. And this is what I am thinking is the, th- is the third reference to Hong Kong action, this time a director as opposed to a star, right? And I am wondering if that was the original name and then he changed it to Park for some reason, like, and just missed one. You know what I mean? Well, P and H are nowhere near each other on the keyboard. Right. 
that's exactly why I think like that's an egregious typo. That is an intentional alternate spelling. You know what I mean? Right. I'm thinking yeah. he, he went through and tried to change all of them and and missed one. Because that is that is a Chinese name. And and he set a precedent of referencing Chinese, you know, cinema. Are you, are stars. you telling me Jeff Roman didn't do a perfect encapsulation of it's his hard. rigorous research <laughs> of Chinese history and myth? It's hard to believe, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Wow. We do meet Yong Park uh, after his death when he is floating uh, in the void and he is approached by the god Yu, who I am not going to try to describe because I don't think I have that page. Oh, I do have that page dog-eared, but I'm not going to find it. Uh, and big y- mythical guy. Big mythical guy uh, represents, representing yeah. very various parts of different animals on his yeah, body. Yeah, so Yong Park's soul is like floating through nothing. Yes. And you shows up and is like, yo, dude, that was fucking crazy. So here's the deal. Uh, I'm really mad that they've defiled one of my canals with your fucked up ruined body. So what we're going to do is you're going to go send your soul into your son's body. Turn him into a revenant of vengeance. We're going to kill everybody and everything's going to be square. Okay. And then he goes, no, my son is a nice, sensitive artist. I don't want to get his shit all (laughs) fucked up with violence. Troy Hark is an artist. He's a filmmaker. You goes, ah, it'll be fine. It's like your soul's going in there. His soul's going to be fine. His soul's going to stay pure. But you're going to use his body as a vessel to, like, do murder. Is that fine? And then his body just gets sent there anyway. Or rather, his soul does. Yep, that's what happens. (laughs) So So while that unrelated like uh, Raiden Shang Tsung Goro Kano Sonya whoever the fuck is happening right uh Sub-Zero's on his way over and Raiden is possessing his son for violent reasons uh Raiden whatever you know what I meant yeah 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 uh young young park yeah so young young park goes to his appears in his son's room uh his this is like days after right like after after he's been murdered, so like we know it's right away because his his you know Choi's mom is still mourning, and Young shows up and he's like, "Hey son, I'm back." And Choi's like, "I gotta go tell mom," and he's like, "Don't tell mom, don't tell mom I'm back." Uh, can I borrow your your body for a hot minute to go get revenge? Uh, you'll be fine. You can't tell your mother, you know. And he's like, "Sure, why not?" And then they merge and they get ninja outfits and they uh, they uh, get uh, they get the the spear right. He gets the spear. He gets a weapon that lets him do the scorpion spear, and they call it a sting, right? And that's where the scorpion uh, stuff comes in. It's very underdeveloped, honestly, and it is an insane origin story for this character of scorpion, unlike anything we've seen anywhere else. Nowhere else is he too. Is he a soul possessing another his son's body? You know what I mean. It's kind of neat. It is. It's just. It's just weird. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's just very far removed from the story that we've seen told about eighty-five different times. Sure. Our our canon version, of course, is the Scorpio from the Cobalt Mines possessing Takeda's body. Right. That's the definitive Scorpion. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Anyone. Anyone. Is this thing on? But that's not even the weirdest thing that's going to happen. There's a lot of fusion in this, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> <All right. laughs> what? 
Absolutely. Fuck. We gotta. Uh, so. Shit. Let's talk so, about it. <laughs> so, uh, so they're walking towards the holy mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And they get interrupted by Raiden. Yeah. And then that interruption gets interrupted by Shang Tsung and Goro. Yeah. This and, is and this is where it feels like conquest. When remember the the essence when like everyone just kept popping up to get the essence, right? Yeah, this does feel like it also just feels like Jeff Ruffin was like, How do I get everybody in one location? Yeah. And then he didn't really think too hard about how that was gonna work, and then he just was like, Well, everybody's here now. Yeah, it's fine. No one cares. Yeah. Like the Shang Goro arrival is like nonsense. He wrote this book for twelve year olds, like let's be clear. He wrote this for the people playing Mortal Kombat in nineteen ninety five. He wrote you know. this for a weekly world news list. <laughs> so yeah, Raiden is like, yo, bad guys, fuck off or I'm going to lightning you. And then yep. Shang Tsung and Goro go, not so fast. Not so fast. You, you have to let everybody go or else. And yep. also you and Goro are going to fight now, to which everyone just sort of says, okay. Yeah, the longest chapter. We read 14 chapters for this section, 90 pages. The longest chapter was the, the Goro-Raiden fight. Which I would argue is not described in a way that makes it easy to visualize. Absolutely not. No. It is nonsense. I can't imagine having to script a physical fight scene like in a book. Sounds hard. Sounds hard. Isn't that the whole thing about like R.A. Salvatore who who wrote the the Forgotten Realms or whatever, the Drizzt novels, the D&D novels? Okay. Like he he gets so specific in describing the moves and the combat that it does help you visualize what's happening, but it also, because you're reading it, it, is, it feels so slow-paced to me. He's about right. the, the best. He's written, like, the best fight scenes I have heard, like, read yeah, in a book. But also, like, Jeff Robin still... tries to describe how Gordo's using each of his four arms differently. Right. But the geographic space hasn't been defined, so that doesn't really make any sense. No. And also, like, yeah. Raiden in relative space to Goro doesn't make any sense. And, and also, like, how they're grappling with each other doesn't make any sense. And there's banter sprinkled in, which also yeah. grinds things to a halt. You yeah. know? It's, yeah. It's not uh, not great. Not fun. The first big fight scene I feel like we've had in this book, I guess, the well, the Kung Lao versus Goro one, that one was written a lot better than this one. This one was just a, kind of a fucking drag, you know? And I think it's because he's trying to work in, like, the lightning powers and shit and the special moves. Which is just, I don't know. It wasn't Oh, that's me. what I needed to pull up a picture for, by the way. I'm glad you said that. I've got two things I'd like to read. Okay. So, one, uh, Raiden is sitting in a tree and throws lightning at Goro. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to which Goro says, yeah, wah, 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 like Mario. <laughs> and um, Goro voiced by Charles Martinet in, this yeah, novel, in the audio and, book. Uh, hit Nintendo ambassador, Charles, whatever. <laughs> um, and then... Shang Tsung says... Goro voiced by Chris Pratt in the new Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, here we go. Uh, and then Shang Tsung says, that was not sporting. Had you used a special move from high ground from high in Mortal ground. Kombat, you yes. would have been disqualified. It's over, Goro. I have the high ground. Right? Not to be overdone, <laughs> Raiden later says, what am I doing? Just using a torpedo and throw combination. Right. 
That's the level of quip you get in this fight scene. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm playing Mortal Kombat. Why? Why? <laughs> I am using a uh, fierce uppercut followed by a Superman maneuver. What am I doing? Toasty. Uh, <laughs> and um, Raiden does do like the fly across the room thing. Yeah. And it's just, it verbally described as like absolutely insane sounding. <laughs> Like, he's up in the air, and he goes completely horizontal, and his arms are out, and his legs are out, and uh, he hits them. Yeah. They hit each other a bunch in that They're fight fighting. Scene. They fight, they fight, they fight. And, Doro, um, I think, hits Raiden with a broken down tree at one point. He does do that. Yeah. So that fight progresses, and then somewhere along the way, they're like, yeah, go kill that kid. Now, at this moment, Liu Kang had been following uh, Sonya. He had come to the village. Following right? Sonya, who had been following Kano. Yes. They use this satellite phone to call back to the village because Shang Tsung like, puts a stop to everything and he's like, look, you're going to cooperate or else we're going to, you know, uh, I, I won't hurt Kung Lao or any of these people here. And Raiden's like, fine, I'll cooperate. And then Shang Tsung's like, ah, but I, I still need to punish you for your interference. Kill the shepherder, right? So they like unfold a satellite phone. <laughs> it's like described as like an endeavor to open this satellite dish and everything. So that they can call back to the village and be like, yeah, kill the guy. Yeah, it's like a World War II signal or a radio. Yes. And Liu Kang approaches the Temple of the Order of Lights, the only place in the village with, like, torches lit or lights on or whatever. And yeah. he's about to throw a ninja star to stop this when he is but suddenly... But first he uses a ninja star to see around the corner of the wall. <laughs> kind of dope, honestly, to, to you know, as a mirror, right? What was not dope was when he woke up from his nightmare and couldn't sleep. And decided to fiddle with one of the ninja stars that he sleeps with on his belt. Seemed like a bad idea to sleep right. on top of ninja stars, but whatever. What do I know? Uh, and as he's about to do this, he gets like knocked on his ass by Sub-Zero, I think? Sure, we'll go with that. Something happens. Yeah, and then we hear a loud noise from inside the temple, and we think, oh shit, they, fought, they shot the gun, they killed the shepherd kid, right? Uh, but no, we learn on the next page that uh, Raiden sent lightning through the phone or back to the village somehow and uh, zapped the guy. Famously, this is also described in the hit Soldier Boy song, Kiss Me Through the Phone. <laughs> How long have you been seeing? Did that just come to you? Or did yeah, you come just up now. With that no, you just were... now. All right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, something, 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 Lady Gaga and Beyonce, right? That's the other song. telephone song. It is a fucking great song. God damn They're it. also driving around in the pussy wagon, which yeah, is just are. feels like worth acknowledging. That was another weird note I uh, from your force. That Jeff Rovin also included a pussy wagon. <laughs> <laughs> from your force on force episode where it turns out you're not a big fan of the Kill Bill movies, are you? Did I say that? Yeah, because Mitch was like, because <laughs> you both said... Uh, excessive force two force on force had kill bill vibes and i was thinking like you know there's other uh woman gets revenge movies that aren't kill bill but go off well i mean i haven't even seen kill bill so i don't recall saying anything that made it sound like i didn't like kill bill i haven't was... seen kill bill okay maybe that was your reaction because uh because he was like kill bill is like at least four times better than excessive force two force well on of course force. i don't think anybody was saying they were of similar quality and, and you were like yeah yes maybe you're just being dismissive of it i don't know yeah anyway. i mean i just i I'll, I'll tell you right now just to clear clear that one i haven't seen it okay they're pretty good i'm not a big quentin tarantino fan and uh, me neither think, which is why i haven't seen it i don't think uma thurman had a good time on those movies it turns out so 
He kind of he kind of put her in some perilous positions there. Not cool. Anyway, yeah. So so that's when we we discover that Raiden lightninged the rest of the Black Dragon guys back at the village, and it's revealed to us that they're just like burn marks all over the place, and like the collar, the leash that had been collaring the shepherd to whatever guy it was is just like burnt in half, which was a fun visual. Right, but that's to the be only perfectly honest, I didn't did fully understand it at first because I was a little just like brain melted by the, the previous prose, and the and the insane pacing of this, of this novel. The pacing's not great. It's not. It it's feels all... like it wastes a lot of time. Like it feels yeah. like it went from, chapter thirteen, Kano and the boys are like on a hill, and right. by the end of it, like almost everybody was in the same location and fights were happening. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but nothing has really progressed. Like Shao Kahn's not doing anything. Like no. we don't have any sort of update of like where things stand in terms of the st- like. Nothing has happened. No, nothing. But you know, everything yeah. has also happened. Yeah, it, it, in uh, we and so we spend like a whole chapter on Shang Tsung like going through his aviary and looking at all his birds and selecting the right pigeon and writing a note to. The guy who was unavailable two days ago to hire him for a different job, yeah, right. But then, with no ex, like the but like like pages of that, and by I mean like three or four pages of that, like an entire chapter. And then when he does, when he and Goro just teleport into the the forest or wherever, it's just instantaneous, and they're like, "Uh, we had to ask Shao Kahn to uh, use his magic to teleport us here," and that's all the explanation you get, right? right? We're spending time on the wrong things, you know, and then glossing over some interesting things. Because I do think that the interactions between Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn and the portal stuff was interesting in the first part. But now we're not spending any time on any of that. We get reminded that he has to give up part of his, that Shang Tsung has to give up part of his soul every time they want to enlarge, the, keep the portal open or. Yeah, but he's able magic. to do that in a way that like has nothing to do with Shao Kahn at this point, because his whole thing is he doesn't want to get Shao Kahn involved right now. Yeah, except when he has, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Who gives a fucking shit? And I like that he's like, I don't, he's like, I'm, he's like, once Shao Kahn is through here uh, in, you know, a thousand years when I decide it's finally time or whatever, uh, I'll get my whole soul back. And Raiden's like, uh, we can join us on the White Lotus Society. We I can, can do that you. for you right now without the whole demon lord thing. And he's like, nah, because I also want to rule the world, right? And Shang Kahn's, Shang Kahn, Shang Tsung's <laughs> like, Kong. Shang Tsung's like, nah, sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. So what does what does what does Shang Song do now? Because I don't uh, fucking know. <laughs> Kung Lao's not cooperating or something, and he wants to. I guess ensure... they're just gonna keep fighting. No, I no, think he... they're just gonna keep fighting. Oh, twenty six. So the part that the last chapter we read, chapter twenty six, page one ninety three, is when he when he zaps the guy through the phone. Yeah, so the other thing, no, it's a cliffhanger for sure. The thing has, that's how this section of the book ends, but something important happens prior to that, which is, uh, this is the most insane thing I've ever heard of in a Mortal Kombat thing that we've done for the show, Okay, which is that Shang Tsung uses magic and somehow pranks Raiden to add lightning to this magic to complete his spell. Yeah, so he's like creating (laughs) smoke doppelgangers. Of Kano and Kung Lao because he wants to ensure Kung Lao's cooperation, right? Right, and 
to do that, he's just like, oh, look at me. I'm making scary, smoky guys. And then Raiden <laughs> goes, not so fast. And he shoots lightning. And then yeah. Shang Tsung goes, ha, you fucking idiot. I needed your lightning to finish the spell, you fucking dumbass. Now, what I've done is I have Kano's big body and... Kung Lao's like in there. Kung Lao's in he's there. Like, he's like physically in there, but also like spiritually in there. So he has the knowledge to get to where the amulet is. I, I have I have fused Kano and Kung Lao Gogeta style but into you Kano Lao. Kung Lao through Kano's mouth. Yes. When he, yeah, because Raven's like. Which is nightmarish. Like, first, it's, the whole thing is like a smoke monster also. Clearly a reference to smoke, right, from Mortal Kombat 2. That was coming out. That was teased. I believe this is smoke from Mortal Kombat 2 here. Just happens to be Kano and Kung Lao mixed together in a smoky, ethereal body that levitates off the ground. And when Raiden turns to it to speak to Kung Lao, Kano's mouth opens and a baby-sized Kung Lao head is inside there. He's like, yeah, what's up? To, <laughs> to Raiden. This, this sucks. <laughs> what the what what was this dude on something fucking good i bet this is this is psychotic it just sounds like something that i'm weirdly non-fussed by the visual because that was just the death stranding trailer (laughs) all right i think we found our clip for the social media (laughs) like it's just we've seen this before but it is really bizarre it is. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. I'm sorry. Undeniably bizarre. So now we have this. He calls him Kano Lao first, and then later he calls him Kung Kano. And yeah, like he's a, playing it fast. They don't know what name is best yet. Get it together. All right, guys. Um, th- That's kind of where we leave off with this. The answer is to go with Kong Lano, by the way. <laughs> there. That's uh that's I think everything that happened in this third of the book. Yeah, so everybody less. walked toward a mountain, arrived simultaneously, bickered yeah. and almost killed the kid. Yeah, this is basically uh Lord of the Rings the Two Towers but Mortal Kombat. Right. Yeah. Fewer elves. We've got uh we've got Kano Lao and uh Shang Tsung and Sonya Blade uh heading up the mountain. Okay. And whoever else in the Black Dragon is still alive. Oh, I guess Goro's there, right? Raiden is staying behind. He will not go any further, and he will not stop them. That's the agreement he made in exchange to for to get Kung Lao back at the end of this uh, excursion. We've got Liu Kang in the city of Chujung, uh, about to face off against Sub-Zero, I think. Presumably. We've got Scorpion, uh, uh, Young... Park and Choi Park fused together, also Gogeta style, coming to kill Sub Zero. This man just loves DBZ. <laughs> and we don't have any Johnny Cage at all. Have you noticed that? Yeah, that's fine. He must be off doing whatever he was doing in Cage Match at this Ninja time. Ninja Mind. Right? Sure. He's filming Excessive Force 3. Maybe he just doesn't exist and that's also fine. I do wonder if he's just going to pop up in the last third of this. I don't know. There is, okay, so there is artwork here opening page of the novel you have it as well i believe we do have no i tore that one out it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a nice graphic it's got shang sung and goro uh raiden scorpion kano behind them a little sub-zero off in the back 
Sonia front and center, and then somebody, I'm going to presume Liu Kang, between Raiden's legs, way in the background. Oh, there's no, a tiny sunglasses guy. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, no no Johnny Cage, well, really, no, that we know No, under Sonia's of. legs. Under Sonia's? Oh, yeah, he is back there, isn't he? Hey. I, yeah. And there's and then there's somebody else uh, under Scorpion's legs as well. No idea who these other people are. Eh, who cares? That's probably Moriarty back there, right? Well, Kung Lao's not shown on here, and he's a major character in this so far. One of them's got to be him. Kung Lao's been wearing sunglasses the entire time? <laughs> like Jet Li in Legend 2, I think. That's what the Jet Li reference was about. There it is. He's been f- he's been fighting CGI like Jet Li in the one. <laughs> that movie goes hard, dude. Yeah, nobody's saying movie. it doesn't go hard. I know. I just I love that. It's so cheesy, but so good. I don't know, man. Anyway, I so have... I I bet I bet he's Jeff Robin's really gonna tie this up neatly in a bow in the last. I'm sure. In the last act, everything's gonna come together. It's gonna make perfect fucking sense. No doubt. Um. What. <sighs> What do you have, do you what? what? <laughs> do you have any predictions? I don't. I'm going to tell you I don't. I don't have any I, I fucking no, dude. Absolutely not. Once he jammed uh Kung Lao into Kano's smoke body, I was like I have no idea what's coming next. Right? Yeah, anything could kind of come from here. Yeah. There was a name drop of Kintaro, right? Goro yeah, I, I don't anticipate Kintaro. that. I think that no. was just for the diehards. But how sick would it be if we had Goro and Kentaro like fighting, like beating the shit out of? Sh- uh, I was gonna say Shamaboa. I don't think he's in this. Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I wouldn't care. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's. I don't know. I'd, yeah. I would. I would be like, okay. <laughs> That's the other thing, I guess. They they call the Shokan in this Shokanites, which is odd. It's it is strange, but like I they're do from love... a place called that rather than. Uh... It depends on your your canon, right? Depends on your continuity. Shao continuity. I don't know. This book's this. I don't know what to make of this book, man. It's just sort of a weirdo thing, in in much the same vein as like Defenders of the Realm was weird, or like the web series feels weird, right? Or like you know, there's a lot of weird. And here's here's my outlook on all of this changing. You know, we touched on this a lot actually in the cage match episode of just feeling Mortal Kombat burnout. Right. Yeah, this is that because it it this feels like somebody trying too hard to be different, even though I recognize that he just didn't have the rest of the material. Yes. Yeah, this is. I was so looking forward to reading this because I was like, let's get back to the the early days when, when the story was weird, when people were taking liberties with the storytelling. The reasons that I love Mortal Kombat Conquest, the reasons I loved the beginning of the Malibu comics, right the first arc particularly the reason that was a lot of fun for me um but i'm i i no this this ain't doing it for me like the weirdness is there but it's not there in a in a compelling enough exciting enough package right like weird shit happened in the malibu books and depending on who was drawing it the art was so fucking rad and the aesthetic was so cool that it was like this adds to the weirdness and makes it exciting and fun this is just written kind of so plainly and matter-of-factly and kind of boring and confusing and weirdly paced that it's hard to really, like, enjoy the oddity of yeah, it. Yeah, it's just sort of a book. Like he's just... It's very uh, bland, I suppose, in how it's yeah. like put together. 
Yeah, there's no passion behind this. Jeff Rovin was no, not like... No, paycheck. This is a paycheck. Yeah, this, is a, this was a job. This was not something he was excited to do. And that's fine, but, uh, you know, we're trying to make content out of a job for right. that. This dude just did one time. 1995. He was probably also distracted burying all those stories about Bill and Hillary's sex parties. Bill or eight. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, he was a little distracted, right? We got to keep that in mind as we read uh, the 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 final 90-some-odd pages of this book for the next episode. Is he still with us? Could we, like, ask him about this? <laughs> I don't think he's a man I want to talk to. Right, but, like, just imagine... <laughs> Imagine that conversation in your mind's eye for a minute, if you will. I think he's written like 70 books. He doesn't remember doing this one at all. Right. But in a hypothetical scenario where this guy doesn't suck ass, wouldn't it be funny to ask, like, hey, you remember this? Remember the smoke demon guy that you stuck a body inside money and him just being like, whoa. He's like, I can't. That's crazy. He's like, I was kind of on my Stephen King at the time, if you know what I mean. And I have no memory of writing this novel. Yeah, I was in a fugue state. (laughs) Yeah, I just, uh, I hate to be a bummer, right? We're trying. Because you you all know I was looking forward to this. I've talked about this so many times over the years. For years. God, and I, you know, and I've read part of this part before. I, I know I, I, I expressed that I had never read the whole book before, but I had read into this part, but I don't think I got, I don't think I got to the smoke fusion part, right? What a, what, I, I don't know. Maybe he'll pull it out in the end. We'll see. He could. I doubt it. I doubt it. I do know the, do you want to, it's just, we won't, we won't read it on the show, but do you have your book right there? Yep. Go to the last page and read the last line. I'm, I'm going to kill myself today. <laughs> <laughs> After reading this. <laughs> yeah. God. We have that to look. God damn it. <laughs> Folks, you have that to look forward to. <laughs> it's what we call a tease in the business. <laughs> I think we're done. Anything else you want to say about this, though? Fucking too shadowing. <laughs> oh, ayo. Pew, pew, uh, pew, 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 No, pew. I'll, I'll save it. I got, I'm got. i fine. <sighs> Corey, what do you got going on? They Made Another One, as we've already talked about, is at They Made Another and all your podcast services, and we're talking about movies. Depending on when this comes out, we're, we're trying to do some new movies, and we may have recently done Mean Girls. Oh, fun. Okay. So, like the musical? Yeah. The right, the ghost musical, the, like, the new one, the covert musical, yeah, the Wonka, yeah. the Wonka of Mean Girls. Right. There's a link on Mortal Kombat Conquest.ca. Also, a link on there to my alien show, Crew Expendable. You can go to crewexpendable.net to subscribe as well. I do that show with our friend Kenny. We talk about the uh, alien franchise, um, and sometimes predator stuff when applicable. Uh, I don't know. We're on social media, right? We don't do a whole lot on there right now, uh, but follow the accounts. We uh, exist. At, at MK Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. Just go to MortalCombatConquest.ca. It's all there. Yeah. We'll be back to conclude Jeff Rovenstock on the next episode. Until then, stay frosty. I used to be thin. I used to look good with a guitar You're always alone When you don't know who you are And if the slightest of can shatter, crush, and vapor I-